Namaste. Welcome to the Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. We are so, so excited for today's episode. I'm Happy Jack coming at you live from snowy Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And right now I'm live here with Happy Hannah, also in snowy Muskoka, Canada. And, and we're so excited for this conversation. I can see, I see, I see Deanna, or sorry, Diana, who has joined us from uh, Essex, UK. We got smiley faces uh, here in the Zoom room and, and really just so honored for this conversation. Uh, we're gonna try something exciting. And, um, and really, really, we have a surprise for many of you. Some of the members uh, might've saw an email yesterday, but we have a very special guest. And that's the coolest thing. Anna, right in this community we have so many beautiful souls so many just amazing people i feel that that are uplifting and really committed to being their best and to serving others and so for our first time we have a, an exclusive interview we're bringing on one of our our fellow yogis members of the community to interview and um, but just before we do that before that reveal i want to say thank you to those of you who are, who are here live with us Thank you to those listening on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, on Google. Uh, we're, we're just about at, on YouTube. That's right. On Facebook, Facebook right now. We were looking right yesterday, Hanna. We're just about at a thousand downloads, which is pretty cool. And you, you said it really well today. We were at a workout this morning and um, you had kind of mentioned to the instructor that we're almost at a thousand. And you said, what did you say? I said, well, that's a thousand more than if we hadn't done any podcast. That's right. That's right. So even though it's not like some massive number, it's like, hey, if if we didn't have this conversation, that'd be a thousand people less that didn't hear uh, this this great dialogue. So all around celebration, but we must before we promised ourselves not to open with a bunch of monologue because we want to get right into welcoming uh, our amazing guest. Please send so much love, high vibes to Deanna Braywick, hailing from Seattle, uh, West Coast, USA. Deanna, we're so happy to have you here with us. Um, you know, you've been, we got to meet in like 2020 and mm -hmm. we, we were both part of a little mastermind conversation with Sarah Beth Yoga. Uh, in a moment, I, th I think Hanna's back. Um, before I say a few words, Hanna, would you read the bio? Deanna put together a little bio. Uh, we, by the way, we read your website, and your yeah, your your official music bio is like extraordinary. Uh, but you put together a little bio for us tied in with yoga. Would you share that, Hanna? Yes. So Deanna Braywick is an international opera singer vocal coach and yoga teacher who is passionate about helping singers reach their full potential with the support of practices inspired by yoga and solid vocal technique. Deanna understands firsthand the high demands that singers face and desires to equip the modern singer not just to survive but thrive amidst, amidst the unique physical, mental and focal challenges of building career in the music industry. As a singer, Deanna has been hailed by the New York Times for her sweet sound and floating high notes 
and for being a vocal trapeze artist. She holds degrees from the Juilliard School and has over 15 years of professional performance experience at top opera houses worldwide, including the Metropolitan Opera, Bayerische Staatsoper, which is the Bavarian State Opera, and San Francisco Opera. She also holds multiple certifications and accreditations from various yoga schools, including Happy Jack Yoga University, over the past 10 years and is a Yoga Alliance certified yoga teacher. Wow, amazing. Deanna, we're so happy to have you here with us. Um, you know, there's there's so many questions. We, we sent you in advance, like a, a few of the questions that we wanted to talk about, because there's some mm -hmm. things that you about yourself, your career, your commitment to serving others that, that we want to get into. Um, and I feel like we might tangent off on a few things and, and I'm going to do that right off the bat and here here's what it is because for yourself as a performer I suspect at some point you've you've come up with this so I'm right now my voice is really tired and mm -hmm. perhaps you've have had that happen before and I gotta say I'm so grateful that I'm here with the two of you uh Hannah and Deanna because I know I don't have to talk for an hour but uh, thankfully <laughs> we get to listen and learn and, and mm -hmm. receive and I know that, you know, thinking back to the years of traveling and teaching yoga, it's happened to me quite often, you know, and it's like, and it's sometimes it's those times when I, I really care so much. Like I want to, I was in Seattle one time, I, you know, mm -hmm. where, wherever I am in the world and, you know, really want to show up and, and teach yoga and share. And for whatever reason, I'm exhausted or depleted and, and my voice is really tired. And I'm curious um, you know, this could be relevant for those listening as well. Is there something, you know, I suppose you've had that experience uh, as a professional mm -hmm. singer at Absolutely. some point. <laughs> Is there something that, that you, you have done that you would do that you might recommend to us as yoga teachers? Uh, again, thankfully, I don't, I don't, I'm not on a stage. I don't have to perform today. I get to, I get to receive a lot, but, um, but I know there are those times where we, we really have to hold the space. Um, and, and our voice can be very tired. Yeah, no, I can totally relate. And first of all, I'm so happy to be here with you guys and with the whole community. Thank you for having me. So I find the best way to deal with that is actually about setting things up before you're having to speak. So it's the same as doing a warm up, or if you're working out doing muscle activation, it's the same thing with the voice. You begin to build those pathways where the body says, oh, this is how we're going to function as we go forward. Um, naturally, you know, and we know this as yogis, when we breathe, we can often, most of us breathe very shallowly until we become more aware of a deeper, more full-bodied, engaged breath. And so I think getting in touch with your body, with your breath, with your voice, before you go into that yoga class, before you, you know, go into a speaking engagement, even today before hopping on the podcast, I was doing some of these things just to prep the voice. So you're not just going to the default of kind of like, you know, a shallow breath, kind of dropping the voice, you know, when you engage the body, then the voice is supported. And you can probably even hear the difference there from what I just did, the example I gave and how I'm speaking now. Yeah. 
No, totally that. And I love that. It's very, it fits very well with yoga as well. Like mm-hmm. connecting the union, the connection between body, between mind, between breath. Um, and, and no doubt, you know, very important for, for yogis, for yoga teachers and for singers. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to put out there again, this is not, not a planned question, uh, but we're, we're all yoga, we're all professionals here. And so I can be, you know, open on this, something I get before I go to teach a lot of classes or, or lead something important like this, when there's a little bit of nervousness, I, I, I have to go pee a lot. Is that, is that a thing? I mean, I, I do it way more than Hanna. So I don't know if that means I'm more nervous than Hanna, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, and, and perhaps now because you're a professional performer, you get less nervous, but I'm sure at mm-hmm. some point in your career, you definitely felt nerves. Um, is that a thing? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Well, and I think, you know, I actually have found that my nerves have increased as my career has grown. So the stakes have risen. There's maybe more criticism out there. There's higher expectations. At the same time, I have also been building the tools to meet those growing nerves and that anxiety. And so I kind of find they're just, they're doing this, you know, right? And you keep growing to make more space for that in your life and build the tools to soothe any sort of nerves or anxiety. But that is totally a thing. It's the whole like, you know, your your body is almost like going into a panic state sometimes. It just even, you know, there's a range and could be subtle or in a huge way. And it's that sort of evacuate all systems. Like the body is like, oh my gosh. And so I think that's totally normal. I saw Diana too was like, yes, that's me. Um, so I think that's, totally and completely normal. Okay. Yeah. I selfishly, I wanted to ask that question for myself and, and (laughs) I hope, I hope that for others, if, if you experience that, um, then you know that, Hey, we're not alone in this, but I, Mm -hmm. I definitely in every yoga space that, that I go to teach in, one of the first things I do is figure out where's the bathroom. Cause I know, (laughs) I know I can go right before class and, and during like a longer workshop, when I get people, put people in a pairs to share, I know I can slip out, use the bathroom. These are little yoga teacher uh, pro tips. Make sure you know where the bathroom (laughs) is. Um, The other just kind of off the cuff question I wanted to Mm -hmm. ask before we get into official things here. Um, I, I read, I read somewhere on your website that you're soprano. Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard of that, that word. And I've heard of like tenor and soprano and just what, what does that mean exactly? Is that, is that one of the high singers? Is that right? Or? Yes. Yeah. So sort of the main classifications are soprano, mezzo soprano, tenor and bass. And then there's some, there's like a baritone in there between tenor and bass. Um, there's a counter tenor, which is a male voice that has a highly developed uh, falsetto. So they sound like a woman singing, Um, but it's a very, it can be a very powerful sound because it's coming from a male body. Uh, So yeah, the soprano is a high voice. And then even within soprano, there's different little, you know, sections of that. So I would call myself a high light lyric soprano. That would be kind of my official thing. I can also kind of bridge into lyric coloratura stuff. Coloratura is just, you know, the word for agility. And also, and for a soprano, that means the soprano sings very high and also sings with a lot of 
agility, the vocal acrobatics. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. I always wanted to know that. So thank you for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll dive into things here because I feel like this is a really important conversation. Like not only mm -hmm. you've been a member of our community for several years and, you know, we, we love you and your energy and the positivity you bring and the questions that you bring uh, to many of the, the sharing circles. Lots of questions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's to me, that's the sign of someone who is, you know, really open to learning and growth. And, and that's something you've done. So there's, there's a lot we can learn from you, uh, both in the, the success you've had as a yoga teacher um, and also just the, the tips and tricks that you have as a profession, as someone who uses your voice professionally, because all of us, all of us yoga teachers, this is our most important instrument. We, we might think some of us might think as yogis or yoga teachers that, oh, our most important tool is our body so we can do the poses. I would suggest that's not the case. I would suggest, I would honestly consider like it is our voice because we can, we can be injured. We can be, have limitations. We can, you know, eventually have a body that's not functioning the way mm -hmm. that we would want it to and still be extremely effective yoga teachers and inspire people and help, help others get into advanced poses, even if we can't do them ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's, it's pretty cool. And we're, ex we're excited to dive into that. And certainly, you know, but maybe we should, before we get into some of those kind of business related or the, some of those questions where I want to go to, <clears throat> just to get an idea, how did you get into singing? Because I know for myself and for many of us, singing is very, it's, it's very vulnerable. Yes. Um, you know, we, we, some of us do it in the shower, but not so much out in public. Um, I know for myself, I've been very self-critical. You know, I, I often play guitar and sing whenever I do live classes and and something I've had to work on is not be so critical of myself. How did you, how did you get to a place where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate my life to using my voice and, and singing. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I couldn't agree with you more. I totally believe that the voice is our most valuable asset as yoga teachers and one of our most valuable assets in life, you know, and it's not just about singing. It is, the voice acts as a connector from our inner, from our inner world to others. Right. And I often just, I like to think on the miracle of the voice and what it makes possible for us, that it makes connection possible that with your voice, you can both speak strongly and advocate for yourself and speak tenderly to someone that you love or to a beloved pet that you can teach, that you can communicate, that you can share your inner world. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I just think voice is such a central part of our identity, even. Um, the way I got into voice was, or singing was, my mom is very musical. She's a singer and a pianist. So I grew up with music around me all the time. My normal was she'd come and wake me up and then go downstairs and then begin playing beautiful music on the piano. <laughs> and as a kid, it was just like, oh yeah, this is normal. And now as an adult, I look back and think, oh, that was so, so beautiful. <laughs> um, so I had music all around me and um, I used to go and sit in on my mom's voice lessons. And then when I was five, they let me do my first performance. I kind of tagged along with her vocal studio there. And um, I was just very drawn to it. It was I think it was just a way where I felt I could really freely be and communicate. And over the years, my fascination with the voice has grown. 
um, training it, mastering it, experimenting with it. And I just think it is an endless process to continue to explore. Nice. That's so cool. That's okay. So, so that gives us an idea how you got into the, um, in, into using your voice and becoming mm-hmm. a singer. How about for yoga? And that's something, you know, certainly yeah. the, the yogis, I love seeing, you know, I, right now I can see Donna and, and Diana just like right in uh, listening. And it's, it's, it's so, and Hunter and I were talking about this this morning that hearing people's personal story, even if it's unique, even if it's different, there's, mm-hmm. there's things that we can, um, draw from it and, and really mm-hmm. apply and, and compare, you know, understand f- from our experiences for yoga. How, mm-hmm. how did you come across yoga? How, you know, we met you in 2020, yeah. right? You were, you were like already a, a yogi and, and looking at how to grow and, and become a yoga teacher. How, how did you initially discover it? Yeah. So I discovered it when I was um, doing my undergrad degree in New York, I was at a different conservatory before Juilliard called Manus. And um, <clears throat> a classmate of mine was working at a yoga studio. And at the time I was deeply invested in, you know, a religious practice that made yoga seem very dangerous. <laughs> and so I, um, I was very curious, but I was also staying away from it because I thought, oh, this is <laughs> like, this is witchcraft, you know? Um, but I remember I finally just thought, you know what? I should just go check this out. I should go see what I'm so scared of here. And so I went to my first class. I went to a beginner's class and I really had one of those transformational experiences where I left. And I remember I looked around. And I saw the lights of New York City and everything was in high def. And I attribute that to just having really dropped into my awareness during that class in a way I never had before. And so I walked out and it was my senses were more alive and more attuned to what was going on around me. So after that, I signed up for um, a beginner's like six week course there at the studio. And I just told myself I'd be very careful (laughs) with this practice. (laughs) Um, But as I got deeper into it, I just, I learned how, uh, how accepting yoga is, how it meets you right where you're at. And it doesn't judge you. It teaches you, it guides you. Um, And I think the biggest thing that stood out to me in that process was connecting to my body. And I think at that time I was very disconnected from my body and yoga gave me the space to begin to explore that. And I say, you know, my relationship with my body and this loving relationship I have with it came through yoga because I began to know the function of my body and love it for that. I began to know how good my body could feel and to not take that for granted and to also know that I could put myself in positions or flow through something. And I, and I, had an idea of what I might feel from that. And so it started to become um, this sort of, you know, magical tool that I would go to 
to help me connect to my body and help me enjoy my body as well. That's, that's so special. That's something that's one of our, our wishes, our greatest wishes, right? Hanna is for students for who do our hero's journey, who do our programs to get to a place of like of self-acceptance, self-love. Um, and cause that's something, I mean, I know I've worked with, um, mm-hmm. for you, for you to get that through this practice. And now, now you get to be a bridge, uh, because mm-hmm. we, we all, this is the cool thing. So for everybody listening as well, many of you are <laughs> yogis and yoga teachers, is to understand who who is the ideal student for us to work with, and, and I can connect with certain students, you know, perhaps those who have had challenges with addiction, you know, different things that I've felt, you know, faced. I wouldn't I wouldn't be so effective with a room full of professional opera singers. I mean, sure, I could teach a yoga class, but you can connect. You still could be pretty effective. But I know what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have you have you really understand them. You appreciate mm-hmm. their. You appreciate yeah everything about their world and um and i'm kind of curious you know you this is also something we encourage our a lot of our students and members of the community to do is is really understand who is your ideal student who is it that you Mm -hmm. would love to work with because if we try to just be everything to everybody i mean it's very it's a beautiful intention uh, Mm -hmm. but then when we're speaking in our in our emails in our social media posts it doesn't feel like we're speaking really to anybody it's just it's too broad and it seems like so geniusly, uh, at least hindsight, it's now looking at it, it's like, wow, you so brilliantly, you know, identified your ideal student and your community and, and it's really working. How, was that was that obvious for you because you were a professional singer for so many years and now you're really passionate about yoga? Um, or was there any kind of discernment period of like, how should, who should I, um, who should I teach to? Mm-hmm. How did that come about? You know, um, I think back to when we were in that those calls in 2020 with Leland and sort of the business mastermind thing. And that was the first time where I really started to think about sharing in this way. And I'd been performing for years and, and I was a newly trained and certified yoga teacher. And I remember in those calls, I was so resistant to getting specific. And I just kept being like, okay, everybody. And then it went down to, okay, maybe high achievers. And then it came down to, okay, maybe performers. And I just refused to get specific with who I'm really speaking to. And um, one thing that really helped me find that was beginning to share on Instagram. So I began to share there and I was sharing how sort of the connection between my yoga practice and singing And at the time I thought, everybody knows this, everybody's doing this. No, I was very surprised by the response and people were so excited by what I was sharing. And so as, so in the action of sharing, it became very clear to me who I was speaking to, who was resonating with what I was sharing. And it's cool because once I began to tap into that, it began to really give me a lot of energy. And that specificity sort of really charged me up. It made creating posts very easy. Instead of thinking, oh, how can I show this thing that will like reach everybody? It was like, no, I know exactly who I'm talking to. And so it made it feel much more like a personal conversation. And I felt so much more connected 
and I could see myself in them. I think they could see themselves in me. And um, so it really came down to just a, a sort of like connection and intimacy with people and an understanding. Yeah. I find it, Deanna, thanks for sharing. I find it so interesting and listening to you, I think about like you shared that before you found yoga, you felt that you were, and correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. I think I heard you say that you didn't feel that connected to your body. Yeah. And then yoga helped you create that connection. And then now as a teacher, like it's so interesting because I think that as a singer, your instrument is your body, is mm -hmm. in your body. And so that's why I find it so fascinating then that like yoga and pranayama, the breathing exercises and all of that, like, I would love to know how that world has, like what you've learned exploring that. And is that then what you teach to your students? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And that is what I focus on in the teaching. And you're so right. You're thinking, oh, you know, your body is your instrument, you know, um, it should be such a natural connection to, for a singer to feel very connected to and aware of their bodies. I find it is not the case. Um, and of course there's a whole range of that and every singer and every body is different, but, I think especially in classical singing, we can get very cerebral with it. We can get very focused on the technique. And a lot of times we end up just kind of thinking, you know, neck up. And I find that, you know, as you were saying at the beginning, Jack, yo yoga being that union. And that's what I think is the most powerful thing in connect that happens when we connect these two is you're you're integrating all these parts you're integrating breath you're integrating body you're integrating voice you're integrating mind you're integrating spirit soul essence whatever you want to call that and um so i feel like that's kind of the specialty of yoga is bringing that together and i find um when i work with singers and we do this kind of work. First of all, it's just so exciting because I can see how they light up. I see the, oh, that felt so much easier. Oh, that took so much less effort. And, you know, I it's when we talk about breath support as singers, yes, that is like a full body experience. And I think what the approach of yoga does is it just it, it brings you back to how natural and organic and really holistic the experience can be. Mm, that's awesome. That's, that's, it's, it's such a, I just love hearing that how people's personal experiences, and then you get that, you know, that's what really um, creates, you know, how you, what you decide to share with others. And then you get to help people that otherwise wouldn't have access to um, mm -hmm. these practices. And, you know, I mean, we hear in, in your sharing around the social media, and I, I'll admit I'm not on very much anymore. There's not a lot happening on, too much happening on Happy Jack Yoga University. Whatever is there, Hannah's, you know, thank you for that. Um, but it, it is a, a really powerful tool and an opportunity and a, and a platform to share your voice 
and you've in, in a short amount of time, relatively short amount of time, you've grown. I mean, last time I was looking, it was like 36,000 followers. I don't know. It's probably a little bit more now. Um, what, what, and you, you gave us some insights right there with what you shared, but is there anything that you would offer to us yogis, yoga teachers who would want to have more of an impact in that way? And, and I guess I'm, 10 years ago, it would have been, you know, all about like, oh, how do I, you know, about the number. And for me mm-hmm. now, it's certainly not about the number. It's, it's, it's more about the impact and like, how can I help others? How, and that's why, frankly, we're so content doing what we do in the Zoom room because we're, I feel like we're having a really beautiful impact in here without needing to do it there. But it is, it is a great opportunity. And so what would you offer to other yogis, yoga teachers that want to uh, potentially grow their Instagram or, you know, mm-hmm. be able to have that impact on their students and, and grow in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I look at, so I really just use in- Instagram. Um, my goal next year is to get more on YouTube. Um, my first bit of advice would be to focus really on one platform. I think we can very easily get overwhelmed and Honestly, it's kind of impossible to keep up with everything. <laughs> it's like, oh, now there's this new, there's this new app, there's this new platform. Oh, we should now just be sort of sharing the content all across. And it can get really overwhelming. And like you were saying, Jack, the reason I've sort of resisted that too is because I want that connection. And so I feel like I have the capacity to show up on one platform right now. And that's where I can connect. That's where I can respond to people. That's where I can notice their comments, respond to them. So I would say choose one platform and, you know, find one that feels fun to you. Instagram feels fun to me. Facebook does not feel fun. YouTube, I'm hoping feels more fun next year as I get more into it. But um, find one that feels fun to you that you feel that you can flow into creatively the way it's structured, the way it functions. Um, I, when I first started with Instagram, it was kind of just, it felt like scrapbooking, you know, just like kind of putting up photos, putting up highlights, writing little things. And then over time, it became more of like a storytelling expression. And that's when I really started to grow. And it was sharing things from my personal practice, my life, um, what's going on in my head around this stuff. So it, there was a process of becoming more vulnerable online while still having boundaries, right? You know, that's really important because you're putting yourself out there for a lot of people who you don't know intimately. And so, um, that's really important, but I think, yeah, just kind of finding, you know, sharing your story and sharing what's personal to you. And it's amazing how, in my experience, how that connects with people. So I would say find, find a platform that feels good to you. Um, show up with some consistency. You know, if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to engage with people more, maybe it's two or three posts a week. Some people ask like, oh, do you post like every day? And it's like, no, usually I would say on average, two, maybe three posts a week. And that's really manageable. And a lot of times what I do too, is I batch that content. So let's say, you know, this, this morning I have my makeup on and I'm like, okay, 
I should make a couple videos and you take a half hour, you make a couple videos, and then you can post those throughout the week or the next two weeks. And I find that saves a lot of time. So you're not just randomly think, you know, waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, I should probably post, what should I do? You know, um, you can be more intentional about it and save a lot of time. Um, another thing I would say is show up when you feel inspired to, there's been times where I've taken a month or two pretty much off for my mental health, uh, because life is full and life is more important than social media. And, um, so I think allowing yourself to do that. And of course there can, if you're trying to reach more people and grow, there can be an anxiety of like, oh, are people going to forget me? Oh, is, am I going to, you know, become irrelevant? And it's just like, no, you can get back into it. Take the time and space that you need to look out for yourself first and then show up when you're feeling that creative passion and desire to share. Mm, that's so good. That's such an important reminder. And you, you shared so many tips in there, which is awesome. <laughs> One thing I noticed, and I again, last night, Honda was, had been checking your Instagram just to take mm -hmm. a quick look. And, you know, you'd put up a video and, and I remember when I was more active on social media, I noticed you, you did several videos and perhaps that's something you're comfortable with, right? You're used to uh, using your voice. And so, yes. you know, of course, our friend Alice, uh, who was on here, you know, she's uh, and, and Elizabeth, too, actually, you know, we got some writers, uh, mm -hmm. people who are really excellent at writing books and writing blogs and and others and, you know, for yourself using your voice. So really understanding what what is um you know just most natural for you as you said you also mentioned about your when you started sharing like your personal practice mm -hmm. would you would you share with us like what what are your morning rituals or evening rituals anybody who knows me knows that i've got a i got a laundry list of rituals <laughs> something i love um and and we're not here to compare right mm -hmm. anybody anybody but it's it can be inspiring to to understand what would what would your rituals look like yeah. So, um, I keep them pretty flexible. I will say the given is a walk every morning with my dog. <laughs> um, so I get up pretty early when I'm doing a gig and I'm having late rehearsals and stuff. I try to push my sleep schedule later, but I'm naturally an early bird. So I'm usually up around 6am and then I'm out with my dog. Um, and then morning rituals include some sort of movement, and I usually do every other day yoga and then maybe some sort of weight training. So I like to alternate with that. And then morning pages, journaling. Right. I find I find through um, journaling, that's that's really where I connect to my highest self. You know, I I connect to that part of myself that I want to be leading me through the day. And also it's very therapeutic just to dump on the page, any anxieties or cares. And, um, it's been a really beautiful process for me to get to know myself better through pages. It's like, what it's, it's where I'm completely uncensored <laughs> and I, I do it on my iPad and it has a whole like passcode and like <laughs> nobody can get in there. It is totally uncensored Deanna, which is really good for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm curious, does any of does any of the morning pages kind of that that expressive work, does that any of that ever influence um, some of your creative work that you actually do put mm -hmm. in? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ideas come up 
or sometimes I'll just kind of go on a tangent and maybe kind of plan something out there. So yeah, I find the pages help keep me connected to my creativity daily. I mean, even yesterday I was having to take care of this ugh, soul sucking office work and this confusion with a billing thing and ugh, calls and everything. And at the end of it, I just had to take a moment and like sit back and breathe because I was getting in such an anxious state and disconnected from myself. And so, you know, that's what life does sometimes, just the nitty gritty, the logistics of life. And for me, writing my pages or like in that moment, sitting back and taking a breath, sort of knowing what those connectors are for me, um, checking in with them regularly really helped me stay connected to myself. Nice. Yeah. And it is, it is so important as we know, there, there's so many demands and so many invitations. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, just yesterday we, we had connected uh, just to, just to touch base before the, mm -hmm. the conversation today. And, yeah. and you had promptly after our conversation, you know, you had to zip out cause you, uh, you were going to a, a senior citizens home to mm -hmm. do uh, a performance and, you know, last minute, somebody had asked you, it really shows who you are um, as a person to, to, you know, go and do that gig. And, um, we, we all do have to be mindful of our time and our demands and, and to fit yes. in those practices. And maybe just in, I want to make sure we squeeze these in uh, because again, for us as yogis and yoga teachers, would you share with us, is there some technique or if like, say if you were going to teach a really important yoga class or, mm -hmm. or do a really important performance, but I guess think about us as yogis, is there something that you would do or would that we could do to get more connected to our voice, to get more confident in our voice, um, either some breath work or something um, that you could share with us. And, and even the listeners on, on you know, Spotify mm -hmm. and Apple can listen in that you might offer to us that we could perhaps, you know, we can, we'll do it with you now or we'll observe it mm -hmm. now. And maybe it becomes part of our rituals, morning rituals or pre-teaching rituals. Yeah, yeah. Um... So we can just we can do a quick little couple minutes practice right now and I'll walk you through it. So first we're just going to start with saying hello to the breath. And you'll actually find a lot of similarities of this little mini vocal practice to you know your yoga practice. So first we start with the breath. And you can keep your eyes open or closed whatever feels most comfortable to you. And I want you just to bring your awareness to how your breath feels in your body, noticing where you feel it most strongly, noticing any places of expansion or restriction, noticing the pace of your breath moving through you, and just saying hello and thank you. And from here, we'll begin to activate the breath with Kapalabhati, breath of fire. And I find this is a great way to really get those low abdominal muscles engaged, which is the sort of cradle of our support system. So taking a deep breath in through the nose, 
Exhale halfway and then begin with sharp, short exhales through the nose. And continuing on at your own pace, counting the exhale as the active part and then noticing the passive inhale that's happening. Letting that engagement originate from deep within your abdominals, down around your uh, pelvic floor. Couple more rounds of this. And then releasing it. <sighs> Taking a deep inhale in, we'll sigh it out with a cleansing breath. Beautiful. So you can open your eyes if they're closed. And we're going to begin to just move resonance around the face. So you're going to come in on a hum and then just begin to move the muscles of your face. So it's hmm. So for those of you listening, it's my face almost looks like I'm chewing. So you're moving your mouth, you're moving your cheeks and play with the range of this hum. So also getting a nice little relaxation, movement, mobility in the jaw. And then letting it drop down and beating your chest. Uh, <laughs> yes. So now we're going to come into the bumblebee breath, which is one of my favorite bits of pranayama, which I learned from Hana <laughs> in the meditation course and has been with me ever since. So it's basically a very resonant hum. And so I'll just uh, demonstrate it first. I'm going to inhale deeply and then allowing the hinge of your jaw to keep hanging open. You have a lot of space in your mouth, in your throat, soft palate is lifted. And to get the soft palate lifted, it's sort of that Julia Child voice. So if you were to go like maybe sigh, or if you were to yawn, oh, feeling how that soft palate, do you feel that stretch way back in your throat going back at the diagonal? So keeping the soft palate lifted, released in the jaw, lips gently closed, we're going to hum. So you can inhale deeply. And hum. And you can take it to whatever feels comfortable for you. We'll do one more. And I encourage you to even move the hum around like we were doing with the resonant face kind of exercise. Allow the pitch of the hum to move around. Hmm. And then at the end, I like to just release my voice. I just go, ha, ha, or I maybe say something like, hi, how are you? Or yeah, yeah, great to see you. <laughs> you know, at a moment where you're feeling that full body connection, somebody you haven't seen in a long time walks in the door. Oh, hi. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, and um, I find that really helps too, just to like get on the body, release the voice. And that's what I would recommend before heading in for teaching. And I think you can do that in a total of like three minutes and you can do it driving in the car on the way there. Super easy to fit in anytime, anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I see the gratitude uh, from the yogis who are here live with us. It's uh, I, I wish I had these techniques back in the day because, you know, I've, I've shared I've shared the story. I'll I would do this anywhere I was traveling to, but I always remembered teaching in this town called Järvenpä, Finland. 
and I would, you know, take the train there and, and I arrived an hour before class and I would sit in the Scandic hotel lobby before I could get in the studio. And, and I would take the time and I would do my different pranayama techniques. Yes. And, and even though like hope, you know, business people were coming into the hotel and checking in and, you know, I didn't care what I looked like, even though I'm doing shoulder breath and, yeah. and all of this, but this would be a whole new level if I was doing all those facial exercises <laughs> and the, you know, the King Kong chest. Yep. And, yep. <laughs> but it, 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 I didn't, I didn't have these vocal tools then, but I know even just the, the pranayama that I was doing to, to get present, to get connected, yeah. to get calm and centered made such a difference. And, and I, I don't know about others listening, but I know that's something that I, I struggled with a lot with my voice, you know, cause I, cause I really cared and I, I still care, but I thankfully don't suffer as much about it now, but I just like, I so badly wanted to have a strong, powerful voice to lead the yoga class to to sing a few songs during shavasana and during frog and and it's it's important you know all all of the things add up right the the sleep the nutrition the hydration you know all of these and and then also these pre-teaching rituals um yeah and now we have them we have access to them so thank you so much for that yeah you're welcome and, and I'm wondering, and by the way, as, as usual, I'm jumping in with so many questions. So please, Hanna, if, <laughs> if there's something that's on your mind, jump back in again. But maybe just while our voices are warmed up, and yours included, even though I know we started before 8 a.m. this morning for you, West Coast time, <laughs> would you um, would you be so kind to share your voice with us and, and sing yeah. something? Uh, I, whatever you feel inspired, whether it's operatic, whether it's mantra, anything in between Christmas, um, and anything to, to enjoy your voice. How about a Christmas song? <laughs> nice. Um, all right. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents round the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. I'll be home for Christmas if only my dream. Nice. Oh my goodness. That's like, it's like right from the movies or right from the <laughs> CD or soundtrack or something. It's not even possible, at least not for me. Or, yeah. And, and it, interesting, it, it, it came through beautifully. And there was one point there when you hit the highest note that you actually cut out. I think you're, you were too high for Zoom. <laughs> Zoom couldn't handle that high note. This is a struggle with Zoom and me. <laughs> uh, so funny. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, it, it just goes to show, you know, I guess what I get from that is like the more that we do things, we get more comfortable with it. Because I yes. suppose your average person, myself included, if we got put on the spot, hey, would you sing something for us? 
you know, that's, that's scary and vulnerable and, and, you know, because it's something you practiced. And mm -hmm. so it's just good reminder for all of us, whether that's teaching yoga, um, practicing yoga, whatever it happens to be, the more we do it, the more comfortable we'll get. Yeah. So I, oh, go ahead, Hannah. No, you answer first, then oh. I'll ask you something. Um, <laughs> I was, I was just going to agree with you. And um, I feel like we've talked a lot about that in the business calls and um, just taking action. If you want to do something, take action. You're most likely not going to feel ready for it. You're not going to feel fully prepared. And I find so much confidence comes just from taking action in something. That's where the confidence grows, you know? And like you were saying at the beginning and celebrating the thousand downloads of the podcast and it's like way more than if you had never started so I think that's there's just so much uh, truth in that you can build confidence by taking action and you learn a lot along the way I find that's one of the themes of my career I think <laughs> mm, I love that Thanks for sharing that. So that's a perfect segue. I wanted to ask about, Jack has told me that you are writing a book. Yes. Yeah. Is that going? What's your process? <laughs> what can you tell um, us? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, you know, it's about, I'm, I'm still getting completely clear, but what it is around is reclaiming your voice. It's about... Um, my journey as an opera singer and the challenges I faced and the things I've made, you know, maybe some mistakes I've made where I haven't been in touch with myself. I haven't listened to my voice, my inner voice and how that has compromised me and how I've had to find my way back. So, um, it's full of practices and sort of mindset exploration around the voice and reclaiming your unique voice, inner and outer voice. And it really came from, I start the book off with a story I've never shared publicly. <laughs> and it was kind of a real turning point in my life where up until that point, I'd always, I'd felt very confident around my voice. And then I had kind of a traumatic ex uh, performance experience that cracked me open. And at that time, I didn't have the tools to know how to look at that. And so it was, it was hiding, it was suppression, it was shaming. And for a while it was okay. Like I was still doing okay, but over time, you know, those, those parts of yourself, they will, they will find voice you know, they will, they will come to the surface. And so that began to happen. And, um, and it was scary because I started to feel kind of like my voice was out of control. My life was out of control. And I began to try to remedy the voice, my singing voice, but I realized I had to go deeper to the root of my inner voice and how connected those two are. So this book is really about that journey. And my hope is that um, other singers will be able to see themselves in it and to not feel alone 
and their struggles. And I think there's a lot in there for all of us, whether we're singing in the car, the shower, singing on a stage, um, exploring that beautiful connection of who we are and our voice. Wow. That sounds like a book for people who like, whether we sing or not. Yeah. I, 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 I hope it will be. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about it in the grief calls last week when you, the yoga for grief uh, training, when we get really specific, that's where we find those kernels of truth. And so I think, I hope that in sharing my story here that others will be able to connect and find comfort in that. Yeah. And what's fascinating to me also is the conversation on the inner voice that you mentioned like that, that alone to me is a fascinating topic. So I can't wait to thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it'll, um, I'm looking at publishing next fall. Mm -hmm. So I will keep you all in the community updated. Amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is amazing. I mean, just hearing the way you describe that and the way, you know, for those of us who are here in in visually as well, the way you describe, like connect to my voice and, you know, pointed to your heart, you know, even though you were, you know, in the context of being a professional opera singer, it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. what you said, I want that. And I think that this will apply to, you know, non-professional singers as well. It's something so many of us can relate with. And so I I really appreciate it. Excellent question. And um, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And also what's really cool, <clears throat> you know, we don't know details yet, but in the, we planted some seeds yesterday through a conversation with Deanna that there might be uh, more exciting uh, ways to learn about, you know, yoga teachers mastering their voices uh, here at Happy Jack Yoga University. So stay tuned for what 2024 may have to bring. And if, if we were to leave with, um, you know, we just have a couple of minutes and would you... You know, Deanna, if you could, if you could give your 18 year old self uh, one piece of advice, and I'm, I'm sure you're only a few years past 18, but you know, your younger <laughs> self, um, of course, <laughs> I think actually might have been, you celebrated double that recently. Yeah, if I yeah. Remember, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, what would you, you know, what would you offer? Because because we have some yogis yeah. who, here who are not far off of 18. You know, in in the in the years that you've lived, what would you offer your younger self? You know, I think there's two things I I can think of. One, it's all about the process. Engage in the process. That's where the gold is. And I guess then it flows into this next one is I think I had this fantasy that by achieving these certain, you know, milestones of success, that anything I was struggling with would go away. Like the anxiety would go away. The imposter syndrome would just disappear. Um, And looking at success as kind of like my cure all. And it's just not the case. You know, you are still, you are still you. Even when you, when that success comes, you are still you with the full complexity of your strengths and weaknesses and, problems. And um, so I would want to just tell my 18 year old self, like, don't focus so much on the success, 
Don't focus on reaching those milestones. Focus more on the process. Focus on right now. Focus on contentment right now. Um, Because I think for a while I found myself kind of in a a chase. You know, I just, you, you get one thing and, oh, you're going to the next and then you're going to the next and it's endless. And so I think engaging in the process and really like just embodying and living into contentment right now, because it is available to us, no matter what's going on, it is available to us. So that's what I would share with my 18 year old self. (laughs) Nice. That was good. My my 43 year old self needed to hear that. Uh, I still need to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, that That was so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here. I mean, for really for, for Hannah and I and so many others, it feels feels very natural because we get to connect in Zoom every week, multiple yes. times. And um, you know, it's just such a such a privilege to be in, to have you as a friend, as a colleague, mm-hmm. as a member of the community. And and certainly we'll in the in the show notes, we'll put the link to to Deanna, Deanna Brewick, Braywick's um Instagram so you can stay connected with her there. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who are here live with us in Zoom, if you feel inspired, uh, stay on for a couple of minutes after so we can celebrate Deanna and do some can I feedback for the show. Everybody who supports us on Patreon, thank you so much for the price of a, a cup of coffee per month. Uh, you get to support this initiative and goes to the Alive to Thrive Scholarship Foundation. My friends, make it an amazing day. Deanna, thank you. Hannah, thank you. We will see you very soon. Until we meet again. Namaste. 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 Thank you. Thank you.